Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. If you have a say, amen. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And we talked about love last week. We had a lesson on love as a foundation of the kingdom. And then we're moving through talking about the different fruit aspects of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And today we're talking about that second uh, aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. Amen. And then quickly, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, if you just skip over a couple, a few pages in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse number, uh, we'll start with verse number one. It says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, this is making reference to the chapter 11, the, the hall of faith and all the, all of the folks that uh, endured and went through lots of situations. Uh, and it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then verse number two builds upon what we uh, just read in that subject of joy. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So according to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, Amen. Uh, Jesus had a disposition of joy as he faced the cross, as he faced crucifixion. Uh, that is a challenge to all of our understandings about joy and what it is and how we are to face life's trials. Amen. Uh, with the disposition of joy. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, we're going to just keep diving into this, this subject of joy. And, and the title is Joy in All Things. Joy in all things is my title for this lesson this morning. Uh, one of the most misunderstood aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. A proper definition of biblical joy uh, will help us to better understand the importance of manifesting it in our lives. Uh, and to a certain extent, you can see that each aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is dependent upon the one listed directly before it. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And, and so it is with joy. Just like last week talked about uh, a foundation of love in the kingdom of God. If you do not have a foundation of love, amen, uh, you will never experience real joy. And without real joy, it is impossible it would be almost impossible to manifest the remaining aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. The word joy in Galatians 5 and 22 that we read a moment ago uh, comes from the Greek word kara, which means cheerfulness, a calm delight. And uh, a calm delight. And so looking at the uh, word of joy, it's not this exuberant, uh, bouncing off the walls 
kind of excitement that uh, possesses an individual. Uh, but it actually is uh, a calm delight, which is probably at the opposite end of the spectrum uh, of how most of us would perceive joy. Uh, it's not someone that is constantly bouncing off the walls uh, and just as uh, somewhat we, we can easily perceive as this fake person that's just constantly excited all the time. And, uh, but it's, it's a calm delight. It's a calm assurance and a, uh, a contentment uh, with, with the hand of God upon our lives. When you think of the idea of joy, things that we usually think of is laughter. Uh, uh, as we approach the Christmas season, uh, we sing songs about joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And we're smiling and we're, we're moving and we're cheering and we're happy and, and we're, we're expressing joy. And there is a certain level of joy. Uh, but joy is not just defined as laughter or a stress-free life or an emotional high or good times. These do not define joy at all. But in fact, they probably define a certain happiness uh, a little bit more than they do the subject of joy. But, but it's easy for us to make the mistake of thinking that we are happy uh, then when we have joy. Uh, the person who has joy is not always happy. The person who has a joy of the Lord, uh, it cannot always, uh, it's not always easy to say that that person is just a happy person all the time. There's, there's seasons of our lives when we, when we go through things, we go through situations, and, it, and we feel like that, that happiness, that, that, that emotional feeling is, is void in our lives. Uh, but there, there should always be that level, uh, that, that element, that component of joy in a child of God, in a believer. Amen. I still can have a positive outlook on life. I I still can have a certain contentment and a calm delight knowing that God is in control. And and everything is still going to work out fine in my life because God has His hand upon my life. And though I may have lost loved ones, and we deal with that through the holiday season, and though my family may not be exactly all put together like I want it to be, and it would be easy to be sorrowful and sad, amen, and and I may not be able to say that I'm happy all the time, but but there is a joy in my soul, amen, and it is a peace that I found with God, and God has His hand upon my life, and I can still look up with a smile and say, I know that God is going to see me through, and I can have joy in the midst of sorrow. I can have joy in the midst of sorrow. William Lyon Phelps wrote, if happiness truly consisted in physical ease and freedom from care, then the happiest individual would not be either man or woman. It would be, I think, an American cow. If it was just physical ease and freedom, if that's what joy, if that's what happiness truly was, uh, was freedom from care, uh, none of us would fit that bill. Because we all have cares in our lives. We all have issues and things that uh, we're, we're striving to uh, reach for. But what joy is, is joy is an attitude. Joy is an attitude. There's going to be times in our lives when, when we're faced with situations that we do not like. 
We don't like the way someone talked to us. We don't like the way something was handled. And it would be easy for us to put on a, a sorrowful face. Uh, but joy is an attitude. I choose, amen, I choose. We, we heard the song years ago, I choose joy. Right. Amen. I think it was Lauren L. Harris wrote that. I choose joy. Amen. It, it is a choice. It is an attitude that we have to have. Uh, Matthew 13 and 44 in the NIV says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hid in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And when that man discovered the treasure in the field, he sold all that he had. But what he did was just as important as how he did it. Amen. In his joy, the Bible says, it, it, it was with an attitude of calm delight. Amen. That he showed everything that he had. It wasn't with a sorrowful disposition that he, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of my, uh, my, my wearing uh, uh, clothing that doesn't pertain to my gender. I'm going to get rid of uh, wearing the jewelry. I'm going to get rid of all of the, the, holy, all of the things that go against holiness. I'm going to do it with a sorrowful face. But with joy, the Bible says, with joy, he showed all that he had. And he said, I'm buying this field. It matters your approach. It matters our approach to the things of God. Amen. Not with sorrowful, not, oh God, do I have to lay down these things that, are, that I value so dear to my life. But, but God, let me do this. Let me walk this Christian walk with joy in my disposition, with joy in my life. Help me to choose joy, God. Help me to not always walk with a sorrowful face, but, but let there be a smile upon my face. It is contradictory. It is contradictory to, pre- to profess to have the Holy Ghost. If somebody says, I got the Holy Ghost, and they don't manifest an attitude of joy, it is contradictory. Amen. The way that you're living, it doesn't make sense. If you say, well, I, I went and I prayed and I got the Holy Ghost, but yet you come out and there's no smile, there's no joy. Amen. Every time I get into the presence of God, amen, there is a refreshing, there is a, a renewing of joy in my soul and of the love of God in my heart. And if, if I go out, amen, and, and I still live sorrowful, if I still live with the frown on my face and that that negative disposition and point of view towards life, it is it does not make sense. And I would question whether that person really got deep in the spirit and allowed God to work in their lives. Oliver Wendell Holmes, a member of the U.S. Supreme Court for 30 years at one point in his life, he explained his choice of a career by saying, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Supreme Court Justice. I might have entered the ministry if it didn't seem like such a gloomy role. May no one ever say that about. I would have joined a Bunnett Life Center, but it just looked like a sad group of people. They couldn't smile. They just looked like a horrible, weary, and dreary life. Amen. May they never say that about this church or about us. I would have been a Christian, but I looked at Brother Nate, and he just was sad all the time. Never smiled. And I thought, I don't want to live like that. May that never be someone's 
a response to, to, to living for God. When joy is lost, when our joy is lost, as we, we, we can get from, gather from this statement of this Supreme Court justice, uh, when our joy is lost, other attitudes are affected. Others are affected by our disposition, by if we have or do not have the joy of the Holy Ghost. David realized this after his sin with Bathsheba. He came to the understanding that without joy, his life was out of balance and nothing seemed right. He sincerely prayed in Psalms 51 and 12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And there are times that I've gone through in my life and there will be times that you go through in your life when it feels like I'm not as excited about the things of God as I used to be. I, I'm, I, just, I, I just don't have that same thrust, that same zeal, that same excitement, that same joy. And it would behoove us, amen, to have this understanding of David's prayer in 51 and 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, yes. God. God, don't ever let me lose the excitement. Don't ever let me lose the thrill, Lord, of living for God. Help me to remember what you've done in my life and help me to choose joy over all of the other alternatives that life would offer me. Help me to choose joy. Restore the joy of thy salvation, God. God, uh, the, the psalmist David no doubt lost a lot of things when he fell into sin with Bathsheba. He lost his, his walk with the Lord. He lost that joy. Uh, the one thing that he prayed was, God, restore the joy of thy salvation, God. God, I've done some bad things. I've made some bad mistakes. I've gone down the wrong paths, God. But I'm praying, restore the joy of thy salvation in my life. God, renew that old-fashioned hunger and thirst in my soul. God, that feeling, that that joy, that uh, what I felt, God, when I came to the altar for the first time, and I wept and I cried, and you filled me with the Holy Ghost. May I never lose that same joy, that attitude. May I never lose that. May I never lose. When you lose your attitude of joy, life becomes miserable and unbearable. It is only through the restoration of joy that things are put back into balance. Charles, Charles Swindoll said, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts, than the past, than the education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do, than appearances, than giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. Attitude. Attitude. It will make or break a church. The remarkable thing, he said, Charles Swindoll, the remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. 
We cannot go back into 2018 and, and fix some things that we did wrong or, or 1985 or whatever year it is that you, you regret the, was the worst year of your life. You cannot go back and change those, those things from the past. All you can do is change your attitude and your disposition this morning in the house of God. And when we leave the church here this afternoon, may we walk out saying, God, I believe you're going to help me. I'm going to choose the right path. I'm going to choose the right attitude. I'm going to choose joy in my life today. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one thing that we have, and that is our attitude. And it was him, this man, that said, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens and 90% how we react to it. Life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. Everybody in this world has dealt with issues and things and struggles and feelings and fears and and all sorts of uh, uh, even animosities and struggles and strifes and and regrets and disappointments and setbacks and and all of these things. But that's just 10% of life. The other 90% is how you react to it. How you react to it. Amen. Our attitude matters. And some people, uh, they, they, uh, they, they, they don't realize that others have gone through the same things that they've gone through. But others can have a, a positive uh, disposition. They can have a joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That they walk through trials with. And it will be that joy, that smile on their face that God uses to elevate them out of their situation. Amen. There were many times in my life when people would tell me uh, in my career, in my job, Nate, just keep on smiling. And God would bless me over and over again. Keep on smiling. I heard it a lot. I would love to smile. Uh, and I pray that I don't lose that smile or I regain that that uh, ability to smile. But that is a healthy uh, that is a healthy trait of a child of God is smile. Let them know I've got the joy of the Holy Ghost. And God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Joy is internal, not external. The scripture, Romans 15 and 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That joy and that peace is going to come through the Holy Ghost. And the scripture lets us know that this internal joy is a product of the Holy Ghost. Just as all of our other attitudes are formed inside of us, so also is joy in a place of prayer. Amen. We've all got to get to a place of prayer and say, God, renew, restore the joy of my salvation today. Don't let it be every once a quarter or every once a month that I come to an altar and I pray through. You may say, well, everything's good in my life. Get to the altar. Get renewed in the Holy Ghost. Lift your voice. Amen. Don't let it be a quiet altar call. Don't let our services be quiet services. Express the joy. Amen. Though joy is an internal thing, it doesn't manifest. It does manifest and express itself on the outside of our lives. A person has to make that conscious choice to manifest joy in their lives. Calmness on the outside does not always portray calmness 
on the inside. There's folks that they uh, they can look so calm on the outside and, and they're so controlled on the outside, but on the inside it's a completely different story. And you all know people in your lives, amen, that they appear calm on the outside, but when they get home or, or uh, they're around their family, it's a completely different picture. But no one has ever gotten joy by practicing it on the outside long enough that it just became a part of them. Real joy begins in the heart and spirit and manifests itself outwardly. It, it's, I'm trying to be careful in how I express to you this message, this teaching this morning, because I'm not talking about PMA or positive mental attitude. There, there's, there's a whole lot of there's series and uh, conferences you could go to and hear about positive mental attitude and be positive, amen. But what we're talking about is different from positive mental attitude. It is getting in the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit. It's getting in the Spirit and saying, God, restore the joy, God. Help me to have joy in the midst of sorrow. Help me to have joy in the midst of trials. And help me to manifest the joy of the Lord in my life. Let there be joy that is manifested in my life. Let there be joy that's in my life. Joy is the assurance that we are acceptable to God. And one of the greatest needs we have in life is the need to be accepted. And more importantly, being accepted by the Lord. And because of many past sins or present weaknesses and flaws, many people struggle with feeling that they are acceptable to God. And it was uh, the, the writer David in Psalms 51 and 11 that says, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David realized the value of feeling and being accepted by his God. God, don't reject me. God, I, I, I've, been, I've been praying, God, and I don't feel anything. I don't feel, uh, I don't feel the goosebumps. I don't feel the, uh, the Holy Ghost working in my life. Uh, God, I, what's happening in my life? And if we're honest, there's times we begin to question, does God still love me? Amen. Does God still have his hand upon my life? Uh, I don't feel the, the way, the, the feelings that I like to feel when I pray. Amen. But I've got to have that calm assurance, that calm delight, that God has accepted me. God uh, is pleased with my life. I'm doing my very best. I'm living a pleasing life before the Lord. And I have the joy of the Lord. Amen. Why don't we take a moment and why don't we just smile? Anybody just smile? Amen. See how relaxing that is? There's a relaxation that happens when we smile. And... It's a lot easier to smile when you get the Holy Ghost. It's a lot easier to smile, amen, when you've prayed and you've, re- you've released all of the, the feelings that you came with and the, the bitterness, the strife, uh, all of the, uh, the, the issues in life, if we can get into God's presence and we can smile. A smile communicates a calm assurance. A smile communicates... It's well with my soul. God is good. I'm thankful for all the blessings of the Lord in my life. Joy is not situational. To some folks, 
Joy is turned on and off with the prevailing circumstances in their life. And this is a problem that we see so many times. Someone may say, well, I've got the joy of the Lord. And then something happens in their life. And that smile is turned upside down. And we're wondering, do they still got the Holy Ghost? We don't expect someone to be happy all the time. But, but there, there's, there's a joy that God can give a person. There's a joy that God can give. The joy of salvation. Amen. Uh, if the bills are paid, if everyone's healthy, uh, if there's plenty to eat in the fridge and things are going well, then we are full of joy. But let the bill collector call. Let sickness come. And, and let the food run out. And oftentimes our joy disappears. And we, we, we shift gears and we get into this uh, preservation mode. Just stay focused. Uh, nothing's gonna uh, get in my way, and, uh, and, and I'm just I'm not I'm not happy. I'm just gonna get through. I'm just I'm, I forget about smiling, being nice and friendly to people. I got lots of uh, stresses and things weighing heavy on my mind. Uh, but Philippians four and four says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, rejoice. The Living Bible translation in this way says it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. There, there has to be in our uh, in, in the mature child of God's walk with the Lord. Amen. A point in which they begin praying. And if, if, if there's uh, adverse situations in their lives. And things are happening that are blowing. The winds are blowing contrary to their life. There has to be a point in their lives where they say, God, I still believe you're in charge. I still will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That is why a child of God can fulfill the scripture that says in everything, in everything, amen, you fill in the blanks, in everything, amen, give thanks, amen, in everything, give thanks, in everything, give thanks. Because my joy is not dependent upon external situations, but it is because there is a spirit of God moving and working in my life. The word instructs us, I'm moving quickly, the word instructs us to be joyful when the problems come. James 1 and 2 through 4 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Count it joy when you're going through struggles. The Bible talks about the disciples uh, that, that followed Jesus for those three and a half years on the face of the earth. And the Bible says that uh, after he ascended and he went on, uh, that they continued living and they began to uh, be dealt a hand of persecution against their lives. And the Bible says that they counted an honor, a joy, that they were able to suffer with the Lord. Amen. They were they counted joy that they were found worthy to suffer. Amen. The way that their Lord suffered. Amen. But sometimes in the church, amen, we get sorrowful when we're dealt the hand of persecution or somebody says something mean to us 
or somebody uh, doesn't look at us the right way or, or we're dealt with situations in our finances or our health and we're saying, God, why is this happening? Instead of saying, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you're teaching me a lesson. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in my life. Thank you, Lord, that you're still telling me worthy to go through things in life. It's a joy to suffer with the Lord. Beloved, 1 Peter 4, 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. There's that joy. Rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Joy. Read that again. But rejoice in as much ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Partakers of Christ's sufferings, viewing it with joy. The man that sold all that he had with joy and bought the field, the whole field, as the Bible talks about, with joy he did it. With joy. And I'm skipping through a lot of my notes, but Jesus Christ was our example in joy. The greatest lessons in life are learned from good examples. Uh, when it comes to joy in all things, there is no better example than our Lord Jesus Christ. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. I have had difficult job situations before. And I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't with joy say I'm looking forward to going to work and dealing with these people that are drama and backbiting and gossiping and, and running me down. I don't, I'm not looking forward to it. But Jesus, looking to the cross, says, I get joy when I think about it. Amen. Going to that cross. Because of the impact it's going to have on the world and the future generations to come. There's joy that he had as he approached the cross in all that we go through and endure we have yet to face what Jesus did we have dealt with things brother Rawls dealt with things I've dealt with things Jesus dealt with things but none of us can say well I've dealt with what Jesus dealt with when my friends and my family back they, they talked about me the Bible says that he couldn't even go into his own country because they, 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 they didn't even believe who he was his own countrymen doubted him. His family, his, his friends, their, their people, his disciples, some walked away from him, some betrayed him. And then uh, with the kiss, uh, his, his, his friend uh, Judas from three and a half years, his, with the kiss, amen, his, his friend Judas betrayed him and sold him for 30 pieces of silver. And then they took him to, to, uh, to uh, Pilate's house and they began to, uh, he began to ask them about, uh, would you rather have Barabbas, this, this horrible criminal, set free? Or would you rather have Jesus set free? And uh, the, uh, if you were to, uh, with the logical mind, you would say, well, Jesus is innocent. Barabbas deserves to die. Amen. But the crowd shouted, give us Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. And the hurt that was felt by Jesus 
And yet with joy he looked to the cross and said, I, I get joy when I think about amen, what I get ready to do, what God fixing to do through my life. Because it's through my sufferings, it's through my hurt, it's through my pain that the world around me can find healing, can find deliverance. And it will be through your testimony as you walk through life with joy. It will be through your example that the world around you will be impacted and will be affected because you said with the joy of my salvation that's being restored, that's being renewed in my life, there's going to be a world that's impacted by my decisions. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? I'm going to leave you with one final story and then we will move on in service. Max Lucado wrote and said it like this. No man had more reason to be miserable than this one. Yet no man was more, more joyful. His first home was a palace. Servants were at his fingertips. The snap of his fingers changed the course of history. His name was known and loved, this particular individual. He had everything. He had wealth. He had power. He had respect. And then, almost instantly, he had absolutely nothing. Students of this event still ponder it. Historians stumble as they attempt to explain it. How could a king lose everything in one instant? Of time. One moment he was royalty on the throne, and the next he was in abject poverty, a man in the in the dirt. His bed became at best a borrowed pallet on the ground and usually the hard earth. He never he, he never owned even the most basic mode of transportation and was dependent upon handouts for his income. This is the individual that uh, Max Lucado talks about. Uh, he was sometimes so hungry that he would eat raw grain or pick fruit off a tree. He knew what it was to be rained upon and to be cold. He knew what it meant to have no home. This particular individual, his palace grounds had become spotless. And now he was exposed uh, to filth. He had never known disease, but now was surrounded by illness. Amen. In his kingdom, he had been revered, but now he was ridiculed. His neighbors tried to lynch him. Some called him a lunatic. His family tried to confine him to their house. And those who didn't ridicule him tried to use him. They wanted favors. Amen. This particular man that was a king at one time and now was a lowly servant with living on handouts and all of these different things. Now people wanted tricks that he would perform for them. And he was a novelty. They wanted to be seen with him. That is, until being with him was out of fashion. Then they wanted to kill him. He was accused of a crime he never committed, this particular individual. Witnesses were hired to lie upon him. Amen. The jury was rigged. It was stacked against him. And no lawyer was assigned to his defense. Even the judge was swayed by politics, handed down the death penalty. And then finally, at long last, they killed this man. They, they destroyed him. And they, and they killed him. He left as he came. He left penniless. Amen. From this world. He was buried in a borrowed grave. His funeral was, his funeral was financed by compassionate friends. 
though at once he had everything at his disposal, now he died with nothing. He should have been miserable. He should have been bitter. Amen. He had every right to be a pot of boiling anger, but he was not. Instead, this man was joyful. Instead, the Bible says he with joy he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand. Amen. He was joyful even as he hung upon a tool of torture. His hands placed, amen, they were pierced with six-inch Roman nails. Jesus embodied a stubborn joy that no matter who betrays me, no matter who hurts me, no matter who turns upon me, no matter which way the wind blows, I will choose joy in my life. A joy that refused to bend in the wind of hard times. A joy that held its ground against the pain. Amen. That was the embodiment, the personification of joy was the example that Jesus left. And sometimes we're so easily offended and sometimes we're so easily strained. Amen. By circumstances and by situations and by setbacks. Amen. If we don't get paid enough, amen, we stop paying our tithe. Amen. If we're sick in body, we won't pray. Amen. If people lie on us and cheat on us, we'll quit the church. Amen. But Jesus looked at a cross and said, with joy, I'm going to lay my life on the cross. No matter which way the wind blows, I'm giving it all for the world around me. With joy, he endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God. Jesus, I pray here this morning. I'm asking you, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, don't let us walk out of here sorrowful, God. Don't let us walk out of this place today with our heads hung low, but by the help of the Holy Ghost, Restore the joy. Restore the joy. Restore the joy in our lives. He Come on, I want us to begin to worship the Lord. I want us to begin to entertain His presence this morning. Come on, the Holy Ghost wants to move in this place today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, I want us to stretch our hands, stretch our faith this morning. Come on, I want us to stretch our faith this morning. I need somebody to get the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to press their way in and say, Jesus, you've got to give me the joy, man. Restore the joy. Restore the joy. Restore the joy. Restore the joy. God, 
Spirit of God in my life. Come on. Come on. Come on, somebody who pressed their way in this morning. Come on, somebody pressed their way in this morning. Come on, don't wait for any rest part of the service. Don't wait for the next part of the service. Just right now where you are, amen, touch him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus can resolve in time you